Alright, hello and welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. My name is Zach, recording a day earlier this week. Uh, Manly are playing Thursday night, as you can tell by the song Eagle Rock. No one would have thought about it, but uh, we are top of the table after one game and a bye. <laughs> it's good stuff. And if you could have uh, guessed that it would be Dolphins, Dragons and Bronx, top of the four after two rounds, uh, give you a medal. Cracking weekend of racing coming up. Five of the best group ones from Rose Hill. Uh, Melbourne has their all-star mile and that sort of stuff down south, but it is all about Rose Hill this weekend. And there are some cracking races. You've got the Guineas, the Galaxy, the Slipper. The list goes on. Uh, a few of the boys, including myself, have some really good sweats coming up uh, and some... We've got triple-figure odds for a couple of these runners, which are going around single figures on the weekend, so it is a good sweat for us. Uh, but we need to find some winners for this weekend, and Tom and Kohai both are joining me, and we have done a couple of notes, especially for the slipper, but we're going to be finding some winners throughout the main card. But boys, welcome in. Koei, you must be, you know, really enjoying this sort of music, I'm sure. Great song choice, Tunners. Great <laughs> song choice. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, four four points, top of the ladder. How good! <laughs> let, 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 let's keep riding the wave. And uh, Brookie Oval tomorrow will be absolutely stacked. Um, we stay at the top. Para to go none from three. Oh, that gives me more joy than us leading the table at this stage because we're never. <laughs> We're never strong starters and para of just being para, and I love it. Well, I think the I really the really good thing, I think, uh, that we pounded the dogs and then the dogs pounded the storm. So, Tom, yep. anything to add on that? Yeah, welcome to this racing podcast where we um, <laughs> are talking some football. Look, guys, if you want to buy your grand final tickets now, then that's fine. You can watch Melbourne in the grand final a bit later. But uh, 15 bucks for Manly, Tom. Yeah, I'll give you 20. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a slice. I'll take a bit. <laughs> Minimum two hundred dollar bet up front. <laughs> um, no, it's yeah, it's slow start for Melbourne, but um, plenty of injuries, and we saw Melbourne sort of limp into the finals last year. Hopefully, everyone can be fit towards the end next year. Uh, you guys got Schuster back this week. It's going to yeah. be um, interesting to see how he goes at six. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a cracking start to the footy season. It's all very, very close. It's good to see the Dolphins up there and probably enough rugby league because it's slipper day on the weekend, bunch of group ones. There is one, I guess, semi-interesting race down south. I'm not sure how much I really care about the All-Star Mile, but it is a $5 million race. We'll touch on it at the end. Um, a few other things, though, before we start, lads. Uh, a bad fall last week. Um Falls are bad whenever you see them, but it's um, it's even more evident when you see two of the top jocks go down in Melbourne. So Jamie was unconscious when she was uh, when they got to her, and she's sort of been in and out. She was induced for a while in hospital, and she's sort of been in and out. It's not good. And then obviously Craig Williams, um, I think he broke his collarbone, so he's in all sorts as well. But it's um, it's pretty devastating when you see that. Uh, the only, the only, if you could call it a plus, is that Dean Holland jumps aboard in secret, takes all the pressure in the world, and just salutes. But Tommy, um, it was a pretty brutal fall. I watched it live and still don't remember even seeing it. To be honest, it must have been towards the back or something, or the back uh, across the across the um, racetrack. But what did you make of it? No, I, I didn't see it at all. I just saw um, two riderless horses um, during the race and. 
he obviously got told about it after. And look, I think the news has gotten better for both of them and hopefully they are safe and make full recoveries, which uh, is what we want. But yeah, it's, um, it just highlights how even the best jockeys like can be on their day, be on their game on any day and still it's, um, you get caught off guard. They're working with live animals with minds of their own and it can be pretty bad. But um, yeah, as you said, it didn't, I don't think it mattered who was going to ride in secret later on in the day. She's, um, she's a genuine superstar and beating the best sprinters in the world and um, or in Australia and onto the TJ. It'd be great to see her go against um, Nature Strip and a few of the other ones as well. But yeah, it's um, puts a little dampener on the carnival for those two because they would have had some great rides, including Giga Kick and In Secret and mm. um, probably a couple of slipper chances as well. But um, the most important thing is that they recover and we're back to seeing them both ride um, each week. I think the the cool thing with watching because uh, I remember when it happened because I backed In Secret early on. I think. I or something and the fact that she got taken off it just started to drift and the fact that it was riding at I think 51 and a half there's not many there's not too many jocks that go around at that weight I was talking to you boys I'm like who's going to ride like who who is left who doesn't have a ride I think we were mentioning like Theo Nugent and Ben Thompson he already had a ride and whatever and then there was Dean Holland and Dean Holland is a jock that hasn't won a group one in since I think it's 13 and a half years or something like that and it was an Adelaide race which isn't a group one anymore so the fact that he can just jump aboard have a little like two hour thing or 20 minute whatever he did with James Cummings and then just jump aboard in secret ride it because the amount of pressure that guy would have had to been on knowing that all these people would have been on already knowing thinking that Jamie Carr's aboard but Mate, he rode a cracker ride, didn't he, King? He did. Me, most certainly did. And I uh, mean, he was patient. Say, I, I, I could have probably jumped on it. And that's oh, how here we go. Fifty-one and a half. The animal. Oh, I mean, I'd have to probably chop a leg off. But <laughs> at the end, end of the day, um, good on Dean because he still had to, you know, find clear air. And once he did, the horse absolutely let down. And she's she's special. Um. I'll be interested to see what Godolphin are going to do after the TJ because she could be something that they take to the Northern Hemisphere for Royal Ascot and so forth and see what Nature Strip did and, you know, Artorias even. Um, and it could definitely be something that the Royal Blue are going to be very excited about to keep in their stable for quite some time, I reckon. Yeah, I was just putting it on, like... Who was that? It was Lofty Strike. I was Lofty Strike and um, In Secret. I thought In Secret might have flew home a bit, a bit quicker. But um, no, very good. In Secret. Another talking point was, and I think this is a bit more controversial with everyone sort of has an opinion, is J-Mac. Look, I'm not complaining that he is riding this weekend. But the fact that he got, he was always going to appeal but he's been let off, so now he's allowed to ride on Saturday. If you follow Twitter and look at anything, there was a few snide remarks from the likes of Chad Schofield, Brenton, maybe Regan. Okay, they weren't that bad. It's not like they don't like J-Mac, but they're more about the double standards and stuff. I spoke to a couple of people in the industry, and they sort of felt like, look, it seems a bit double standardish. I know that Racing New South Wales want their poster boy on one of their biggest days, but it seems a bit I- shit. I, I think the biggest takeaway is that J-Mac's incident isn't uh, – not the incident, so to speak, because obviously he admitted to careless riding and not riding the mount out, and, you know, ipso facto, he got the six-meeting ban suspension, so to speak. Uh, but 
I think the one that's slid under our guard a little bit is the fact that Mark Zara was suspended for, I think, six meetings as well, or thereabouts, eight meetings maybe. But because of how the schedule works down in Victoria, he's claimed both day and night meetings. Oh, are you kidding? Into into his accordance, so he's actually accepted to ride this. His suspension's over on Saturday. Yeah, right. So he, so long story short, whether it was eight, like he had a, I'm not sure what the actual calendar is, but let's say he had a Pakenham night meeting and whatever the day meeting was. Yeah, yeah. And then there was, and there was. Uh, another meeting, maybe Cranbourne on a Friday night or something like that with a day meeting and claimed four meetings within the space of 48 hours. Mm. And it's quite astonishing. So that's kind of gone under the guard. And on top of that, like, I guess, J-Mac being the biggest superstar, no no offence to Mark Zara or anything like that, but everyone's, you know, commenting on, oh, J-Mac, how lucky is he? I mean, Mark Zara, if anything, set a bigger precedence altogether yeah. because... Now what? Like, I mean, imagine going, like, getting suspended on the up in Queensland, where you can ride maybe Gold Coast during the day in like the early part of the day, go to Brizzy for a cheeky ride, and then finish your day at Toowoomba. You know, like you could physically do that, and ha- that's three meetings in one day, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, obviously, it's a different jurisdiction altogether. I get it, and a meeting is a meeting, regardless. So, if you were I mean, it's all based on te- technicalities and, you know, how a race program in each state works. But I don't think J-Mac was hard done by. I think the bigger story was <laughs> Mark Zara setting a precedence. Mm. Well, you reckon, Tommy, and his dad? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a funny one because at the same time, he, if McDonald's suspended there and then he's riding in Scone on Sunday for the country championship, like, yeah, you don't want to see them missing these, like, five group ones on one day is the same punishment, meeting a scone or a Pakenham or a whatever. Like, there needs to be a bit more weight to these sort of meetings. So, I don't know. I think there needs to be something done or if they can delay or if you've got a certain amount of time, maybe you can delay your suspension or something like that because, um, as I said last week, you just want, you want to see the best riders riding and... Um, yeah, it, it does have a bit of a double standard, but I think I think the whole thing needs to be looked at and just um, maybe something better can be put in place. Yeah. So, saying that, Tunners, you'd be the happiest bloke around. <laughs> yeah, look, I was happy. Seeing J-Mac returning. Yeah. yeah, I would have liked to have seen – well, I wouldn't like to – I would have liked to have known who they were going to put on um, a few of his rides. And unfortunately, they also had bloody um, Lost and Running, the Galaxy, racked it like – Yep. Six weeks ago, I think, when John O'Shea was on with Gareth Hall one morning when he said he was going to skip the other races and go straight into the Galaxy, uh, jumped on, and it was a good price then, which is disappointing, not running this weekend. If you backed Lost and Running, it did not accept this morning. Um, but five Group 1s plus a bunch of other decent races as well. It's It happens when I look at – right now, I just look at the midway and I just – Get deflated. It's not something I really care about, but um, I will touch on it. We have the midway. It kicks things off. It's a 1,500 metres of the best. It's a 72, and the favourite is straight acer. Timmy Clark, Ed Cummings. It's coming just a touch. It's like 460 into 390. Uh, Remember, odds came out today, so um, anything that's uh, sort of moved, it must be pretty good. So this is, uh, look, I think it ran at Canterbury last start. Man midfield, nothing else has really... um, had a crack, but 
Tommy, anything for the midway? Have you even looked? Yeah, it's not one I've um, looked too deeply into. The, I would have, keen, would have been really keen to see Pantano accept <laughs> you, but it's already the late scratching with the wide gate. Uh, interesting. I think a few might come out. There's a couple of no um, jockey nominated, but we'll see, definitely see this field take shape soon. So, look, you've you got to think the favourite is the hard one to beat. It, there is a bit of money for it. Already, it's in the four dollars, and uh, a couple of fists recently at Canterbury and Randwick after winning. Um, after winning its maiden, but um, I might just wait and see the uh, bit closer. It's a very wide open race, and we struggle with the midways. Maybe wealth and knowledge. Nathan Dawes been killing it with these midways as well, and he's coming off a good win with Dylan Gibbons on as well. You like anything, Coey? As Tommy said, like I think we're us doing it on a Wednesday uh, changes it up because I've had, I've had to kind of slightly skimp on something like the midway. Mm, yeah, I'll do. <laughs> when there's nine features on the on the card, five of them being Group Ones, I think the midway is kind of like the last thing you almost look at. Although yeah. it is the opening race, so to speak. Um, but to add to straight ace, I think it, you look at the runs it's had and the competition it's faced. I think it is. Enough, and they've spaced. Uh, Ed Cummings has spaced his runs like wide apart, and it's kind of interesting. So he gets TC barrier five, which is ideal. Like if you if it runs anything similar to that uh, New Year's Eve meeting at Randwick, albeit for just for the three year olds, uh, like Gaza Blanca's no slouch. Yoshino the same for Godolphin, I think, and the way that it closed in the latter stages uh, was quite impressive to see. So. I'm happy to go the favourite as we speak, but Tommy's already touched on the Newcastle and Nathan Doyle form, um, Wealth and Knowledge and Pacific Warrior. Those two interest me slightly. They're both at the $10, $13 kind of price point, and it was actually a strongly run race, and you know what? Low on the weights, 53 kilos for the pair of them. I think that could be advantageous, and you've got someone like Mickey D, who's on the Cummings horse, and... Dylan Gibbons, who knows this horse pretty well, uh, being a Nova Catherine himself, uh, wouldn't wouldn't surprise. I think there is a little bit of value to be expected in this market, but I think that the favourite, the early money suggests that the favourite's going to be hard to beat. Yeah. All right. Uh, we go race two at 2,400 metres. It's the Mannion Cup. Sir Lucan going around. Did open 280. It's on the drift to 370. Sir Lucan is something I want at 50s for the Sydney Cup. So it had a really good run. Last start, we're at one. Torrens is there at big odds. Your Glory Days is the favourite. Mickey D riding out of his skin. He's riding for uh, Mara Nuces. It's still on the drift, though. One that's been smashed, Almania. 11 bucks into 4 bucks already today. So that's been pounded. Uh, anything else, really? Nothing else has overly had a look. Um, Tommy, what about Sir Lucan? Um, I think I might have a little bit of a replay I can listen to. It led all the way in that uh, City Stakes at Randwick the other week, maybe like two weeks ago or something. Um, ran pretty well. What do you reckon? Yeah, it came off, um, came off a long break after that race too because it was... Ran the Melbourne Cup that was, two years ago, I think. Yeah, two years ago was its last run. And a couple of trials, and I don't think anyone thought it was going to run as well as it did. Um, look, you can look at it one or two ways. It can either improve from there, but after after such a long break and a bit of a gut buster, like it, it, it may be... Might um might be a bit flat second up, but his second up form so far is pretty good. So I can I can definitely see why he's in the money. He's had a bit of a 
uh, a couple of weeks off since that run. Um, I think it was between the, t- the top two in the market in Glory Days and Sir Luke. And Glory Days uh, strung some really good wins, beating uh, a few of this field uh, last start. Michael Dees going so well. And, yeah, uh, low weight for Glory Days as well. Yeah, I-, I think it's definitely between the top two there. Almania was okay winning the benchmark 78 last week, but uh, short backup going again here. Um, I'd just be interested to see how Almania goes. I can see why there's money for it, but mm-hmm. I much prefer Glory Days and Sir Lucan. Probably leaning more towards Glory Days. Okay, so Lucan, um, what do you reckon, Coe? Did you have a little piece when I threw it out at 50s? No, I did not. Um, Sydney Cup's one of those races. I don't really... Tyler Schiller's most favoured money wants to win. <laughs> yeah, I know. Bizarre. I mean, he, he has admittedly said it's probably the easiest group one yeah. in the Sydney calendar to win, so I can totally understand where he's coming from. But I, I'm I'm leaning towards Sir Lurkin at the moment. I mean, on the basis of rating points and everything else considered, I think you know Nash stays on board, 58 kilos. That's only four kilos different to the rest of the... Uh, the field, so to speak, it's it's a proper hundred radar. It will probably run this race, and then it might have a tick over trial in between, or they might just keep it fresh into the Sydney Cup. And I love that. I think you know, going Adrian, it's a it's a clear front runner. I think it will be just doing exactly what it did last start. It'll just head the field and then just shoot for home. And yeah, I mean, in terms of the rest of the field glory days, I think is a little bit under the odds. I think the they've come for it too early. I think it being a micro, like a micro share horse, mm, one of them. Yeah. I think, uh, you, you do tend to see a, a flooding of money early when the market's open. And I think the market as we stand might've overcorrected itself currently. And I would expect it to kind of drift out a little bit. I mean, his European form's pretty rock solid, and it's very similar to uh, Sir Lucan in, in the sense that you know it's running derbies over the the twenty four hundred meter trips and thereabouts anyway, and it hasn't been dis. I mean, I wouldn't say disappointing, but that that UK form is strong enough to win something like this. Um, and yeah, Tommy's already touched on Almania. I think I do like the quick backup with Stayers. That's one thing that I do like when I'm looking at the form and. Dylan at 54 kilos, Barry 11 shouldn't be too much of a hassle. It's got to probably settle midfield. I mean, the the clear leaders are already set in stone, and I think that it'll just kind of rest will sort itself out, and it's just all going to come down to the hot tempo up front. And why I said I think Sir Lucan's just going to sit and steer at the front with Nash and hopefully shoot for home. That's what I like to hear. All right, opponent stakes, 1,900 metres, race three. Fave is Pink Ivory and being well-backed. Uh, the John Sargent runner, Brenton, is aboard at six bucks into 440. Uh, others in the market, Thalassophile. Uh, that's 460, pretty much bang on. J-Max riding for Waller. Anything else, single figures. We got Supergirl, Timmy Clark. That's pretty much bang on. Sandstock, the same. Uh, not much happening else at bigger odds either. Uh, Pink Ivory, am I remembering, Coey, that it was one of yours last year? I think you tipped it or something. Uh, Pink Ivory, yeah, I, I don't mind it. I think there was bigger wraps around it last year than this time around. I think it had a bit of a break, if I recall. I'm just scrolling pretty through Pretty sure the there, was a, there was a time where you tipped it when Pikey was a boy. I'm pretty sure it won at like 10s or something, but um, hasn't had a win for a while. Ran all right two weeks ago, though, in that aspiration. Uh, 
It de- definitely that um that group three aspiration quality uh, about a fortnight ago now. It ties in well for this race, definitely, and the way it closed off and just got nosed out by Philosophy, who also runs in this race, matches up well. I think that is kind of the form lines you want to be looking at. I definitely think that it is the the race. You'll you'll find the winner of this race for, coming from that race is how I see it. And I think for me at this stage, I think the Philosophy maps better than Pink Ivory. I think Pink Ivory is a bit of a go back type and. There isn't actually that much speed on paper in this. It's a little bit muddling. Um, I do like J-Max going on board. Uh, Barry 2, ideal. It'll get a firm, firm-ish firm track. Uh, the way, it doesn't really matter, actually, at the end of the day because I think it's pretty versatile when it comes down to it. Uh, yeah. Waller's got this mare pretty tip-top as it is. So I think I can definitely see it uh, going back-to-back. Uh, as for a little roughy, I don't mind speaking a little bit of Doser, Douser, I'm not sure how you say it, to be absolutely honest, from the uh, Thompson Yard. Comes out of the same aspiration quality. Last start, it, it usually, I think the idea was there was a change of tactics last start that it was planning to go forward, but never got a chance. Um, it settled right at the back and kind of took me by a bit surprised. It was meant to step forward. And if it does, you know, step cleanly, it's got a middle alley where there is, what I've got is little to no speed underneath it, so it could come down to the fence and get some pretty soft sectionals, carrying 54, albeit Brock Ryan. Um, but, yeah, I, I can spec the, the each-way quote a little bit, but, yeah, Waller, J-Mac, follow yeah. it in. Um, Coey, I mean, sorry, Tommy, you like anything in this? A bit of a tricky one. Um, I can see what Coey's saying about that form line with Philosophile, but... Um, getting to the 1900, I actually think maybe like something like Gin Martini would suit better, or even Pink Ivory. I think second up, this form is good inside for a target, a 900, uh, 1900 meter second up run to run a bit better. And the import really, um, intrigues me as well. Supergirl for Gay and Adrian, um, yeah, some some good overseas form first up at uh, the distance though might be a bit tricky, but. Uh, if there's a bit of money for it, I'm, I'm, I could be convinced in talking Supergirl after watching its trials. All right, bit of odds for that one. The Guineas is next. Rose Hill Guineas. Man's always going around. The Derby winner from last year um, was very nice to me. Elliptical is in the market. Mark Zara is riding for Anthony and Sam at 460. Lindemann. Lindemann is going to be my good sweat of the day on Lindemann at $111. So that is going to be a good sweat. That 650, Nash, hopefully, Barrier 9. <laughs> Just uh, scoots to the front and wins. But Pericles, I think that's how you say it. That was a really good win um, in Melbourne the other week at Sandown. Uh, That's the current favourite at 280. Makalate, Tyler Schiller, um, that's for Newnham, 750. And then you've got Williamsburg, Brosnan, Osbred. They're all there as well. Uh, Look, Pericles, really good. Really, really good at Sandown. Uh, But I'm sticking with St. Lindemann. I know I'm biased by talking out of my pocket, but uh, I was really impressed with its last run. And it really did hold on for second where it should have probably fell back to about seventh or something, but it stuck on for second. So stepping up again, I like it. Uh, Tommy, who are you with for the guineas? I think elliptical. I've been a bit of a fan of this horse. I thought a run first up was really good, and that might have just taken a bit too much out of her last start where she didn't really have an electric pace of speed. I think 
Uh, the key to this horse, though, is the track play nice and fair. We've got a bit of speed with Williamsburg and a few others going forward. Um, so I do think it sets up for something like Elliptical to run really well with Mark Zara aboard. Uh, maps pretty well for me. And, yeah, I, I reckon Elliptical. The one um, I'm keen on, uh, uh, Brosnan's just improved every race, really really showing something every run without winning. And Michael D is um, in great form at the moment as well. So uh, a bit of an each-way play on Brosnan, but Elliptical will be my bet. Coey? I've gone Brosnan as well on top at the moment. I think um, it's a weird one. I think that there is a little bit more genuine speed. It, I think the biggest question is a lot of these gallopers haven't stepped out over the 2000. So it's going to be a new bit of territory for quite a few of them. Most of the field, actually, in fact. So I will be curious to see how the market reacts. But at the moment, as we stand, I think Brosnan's a great bet. I love the short backup. I love Mickey D as the booking. I know the camp are very pleased with how he's been progressing. It'll be fourth up this this start, or this preparation, should I say, and it's gone from 1,200, 1,400 into a 1,500 far that last week, which he wasn't... He was closing in late. I think his run was nice. I, he will be near last is how I see it. So you need a little bit of speed up front, which I think we could see with the likes of Linderman. I think Pericles will shoot forward. And, I mean, Williamsburg, a little bit of a qualm on whether it even run on the day. But I think there will be a little bit of onset pressure and that could set up for something swooping late and... I think the 2,000 metres looks perfect for this, you know, Ryan, Alexiou, Gel, uh, Colt. And at the current price, I have, I'm happy to spec it a little bit. And and no knocks on the likes of Pericles and Elliptical. I think those two form lines, albeit from the south, uh, are good ones to follow, especially Pericles. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in Brosnan's camp at the moment for an each-way quote, but I'm keeping a close eye on the market. Okay, uh, sweet. So you got Brosnan open 11s. It is on the drift of 15, so you might even get a better price. And good to know you both didn't even give Linderman a chance, but we will see on the weekend. Um, the Derby Munro, uh, $4.24 economics. J-Mac aboard, the favourite for Annabelle. Uh, it's going to be second up. Had a pretty good run last start, coming third to Dashing Legend. Uh, Cody going around, Nash aboard as well. You got Dashing Legend, Space Walk. Um, it's a pretty big field, this one. Um, not a huge amount of flux. Just double checking anything at odds has been back. A couple of bucks for Hell I Am. Uh, likewise with Spacewalk and nothing really else. Maybe a couple of dollars for Cinderella Days down the bottom. But Tommy, the Derby Munro stakes. Any thoughts? Yeah, a few. Uh, I definitely want to see improvement from economics. I, I'm almost. Um I don't think I'm going to back her at a price, so I, I, I was a bit disappointed, but she uh, might need that run um, to really get back into a bit of fitness after a couple of late scratchings and just the quirkiness of it going into the gates and playing up. Um, just, yeah, intriguing to see it go around. Dashing Legends uh been massive this prep. Um, you got you got to um, respect it. It's around that $5, I think. Is probably right. Um, there's there's a couple I don't mind at odds. In, in, in Hell I Am, I think Damien Lane's a great booking and it's been very consistent. And I th- I think um, it could easily take a race like this. And the other one I really like as well. Um, well, 
It's it's Sean a bad day, and it was scratched because of a bit of a fever last week. Is Opal Ridge? Um, it's done really well at Rose Hill in the times it's run here before. If it is right, and I'm sure Luke Pepper won't run it unless it is, I think it's got a massive chance and Tyler Schiller aboard. And I don't mind the thirteen dollars. It might even looks like it's getting out out from eleven already today. So uh, might wait to back it. And cool, Jakey's the other one. Really impressive in its two sites as well. So. We're getting plenty of different form lines here. I think it's uh, I think it's a really good race. So um, I couldn't talk you yeah, out of backing anything you liked here, but I might go a couple each ways in Opal Ridge and Cool Jakey. Um, I genuinely think this is the hardest race on the card thus far. Anyway, it's there is speed everywhere. I genuinely don't know if economics can cross. Will he be wide? There is so much speed in this. In it's going to be that first furlong is going to be. It's going to be interesting to watch, see where people uh, horses settle and everything else, and that's why I've kind of hoping for a little bit of a breather from a horse like Spacewalk, Strong Well, Huey's back from Hong Kong. Its first up run was a little bit flat for me, and it was a little bit disappointing. But I just think that it needed that gut buster. It doesn't. Personally, I think it likes going right-handed more than left-handed. So I'm going to set that as a forgive, and I think the price is right at the moment. So I wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me if the, the market reacted to that and on the day it comes in a little bit more. As for the rest, Tommy's pretty much touched on him. I think Dash and Legend's very interesting runner. I think it gets a nice draw, and it could be the one that holds the fence. Same as Kote. Opal Ridge, keen, keen eye on it, but the draw's a little bit of a worry. So, yeah, I've settled for the Godolphin Blue salute here. Godolphin Blue, okay. Um, well, race number, where are we up to? Six, I just lost it. All right, this is the one where bookies sort of have no idea what to do. So, the Ranvit, 2,000 metres, we've got four horses all around pretty much the same price. So, we got Gold Trip and Mawanga, both at four bucks, and we have... 460 for Hinged, and we have 440 for Dubai Honor. So, Gold Trip, everyone knows the horse. Uh, ran really well last start. Ran really, really well, I think, actually. The group two ran in at Sandown. Uh, obviously, the cup winner, Mwanga. Um, been around for a while. Nash is aboard for Annabelle. It's going to be third up. Um, it's on a bit of a drift, though. It opened 360. It's out the four bucks. And likewise, with Gold Trip, that's come in a touch. Uh, Hinged has had no luck the last couple of starts. Got checked a few times, but looks like it's going around at 460. The odds are still banging on. And Dubai Honor, not a horse I know a lot about. It's a William Haggis runner. It's $6 into 440. It's going to be its first start in Australia. So that'll be interesting to see that. Not that I know much of it. I'm sure the boys do. And Montefilia is there as well. I think El Bodigon, I've been expecting a lot out of this horse in the past, but it just fails to impress. So don't know what to make of that. Huey's aboard. But Tommy, can you make any uh, make any light of this, mate? Uh, I still think, um, as we mentioned, El Bodigon's going to get better the more runs it has and really needs to get fit. And I expect a better run from it here, um, but definitely don't have it on top. I think Gold Trip was massive last um First up after a Melbourne Cup campaign and absolutely flying home for second. Flew and home, didn't you it? think if it recreates that, um, it's got to be in with a chance. But I actually like Mwanga. I think there's um, not a great deal of speed and um, ridden a bit more intently last start. Um, proved to be Mwanga's um, uh, really helped Mwanga. And I think 2,000 metres is perfect for Mwanga. And 
that animo form is um, just cold at the moment. Just animo's killing it, and yeah, Moanga ridden ridden a bit more forward. I think will definitely help. Um, it, the other one I'm a bit uh, weary about is Montefilia. Now they've said they're going to sell this horse on Inglis um, soon, and its first up run it flew from the back. And Dylan Gibbons has st- uh, kept the ride as well when David Payne be desperate to get another Group 1 from this uh, mare before they, the owners sell her. So a bit of a watch on Montefilia, but I'm going to lean in towards Moanga. Tough one, Coey. I'm going with Mo, uh, Montefilia here. Um, wow. I think I, I'm a little bit worried about the slight drift it's had, but I think people have kind of forgotten that she, she beat very elegant in this exact race last year. And I think we had 2000 meters suit. I think her first up run, as Tommy suggested, was enormous. I think it was, if it was, yeah, like 400 meters further, I think she just wins and just gets the, the slight weight relief on top and eight bucks right now. Like that's, I thought it'd be amongst that, you know, 440 for like five bucks, but the market's kind of forgotten about her. I mean, I can understand the the hype around Dubai Honor. Haggis saluted last week on protagonist, so the bookies are keeping her keeping him safe. Uh, Mawanga was huge, as Tommy mentioned in the Chipping Norton. Animo Forum holds up very strong, and Gold Trip. Uh, I think its first up run was huge. I just think that I don't know. Like it's, it's when it comes to Sydney doesn't perform as well is kind of how I see it at the moment anyway. Um, it's going to be carrying 59 kilos as top weight and 2,000 metres. I thought it would be stepping up further, to be absolutely honest with you. Like, from the 1,800 first up, I thought it would be going up to, you know, the 24, essentially, or thereabouts anyway. But it is a way for age group one, so I give it every chance. Camp knows what they're doing. Um, but, yeah, I think the price for Montefilia is where I want to be at. So, yeah, take the eight bucks. Okay, Montefilia, sixes out to eights. George Ryder, race seven, first leg of the quaddy, the million-dollar race, 1,500 metres, and we see Animo again. Uh, drawn 11, though. Um, punters, I guess, don't give a shit. It's $1.90 into $1.60 today. Uh, knowing at my work, we took a fair few bets at around $1.75 mark. So uh, punters don't care. Artorias, $7. Zara aboard. Um, what would you want? Drawn on the inside. Kerwin's Lane's there at really big odds. Uh, others, we got something like Electric Girl. I think that's a bit steep. Nineteen dollars. Golden Mile. Huey aboard. Twelve dollars. Like Coey said before, we press record. There might be. Um, I don't know if they want Golden Mile beating Animo, but uh, Osipenko is there as well. Nash aboard. It's on the drift, but it was a really good run at uh, Rose Hill last start. And Communist was a really good win with Purton aboard the other week too. Get Damian Lane aboard. Um, but uh, a couple of other podcasts we've done in the past. I've said is Animo free cash. Yes. Is Animo Free Cash Part 2? Yes. Is Animo part Free Cash Part 3, Tommy? I'm never saying anything's free cash. I know it's one of your cash. favorites, but cash, no, mate. No cash here. Cash, no. <laughs> um, no, mate, what can you say? It hasn't been said. Um, he's he's too good. I don't think it matters where he is. I think Artorius will... Uh, Lead and may, may give it a bit of a sight, but I think it just sets up really well for the champ. So, Animo for me. Um, what about you give me a tries in order? 
Uh, well, the field, the field's a great one. I mean, you look at Golden Mile. I don't think they'd mind if Golden Mile knocked it off because then they got another uh, Group One stallion as well. So, um, oh, I don't think it really matters. But uh, Osipenko, if if it's fit, I think it's going to be right in there. Communist was great. Uh, Levante won a Group One in New Zealand. Fangirl. Yeah, Fangirl's been um, back to her best lately too. Look, if I had to go a trifecta, I'd probably go Animo, Artorias, Osipenko. Ooh, okay. Very nice. Coey? But uh, I think Animo just wins. Um, she's, oh, he is just special. I don't know if the conversation of champion horses... The debate seems to be still up in the air, but you have to remember... this do not far off. Well, I mean, the, the blokes won eight group ones, right? You can't, you can't tell me he's not a champion. He's I four. think eight group, uh, eight is astonishing. And I mean, Godolphin are going to have so much fun with this cult stallion uh, going forward. It's going to the Queen Elizabeth next after this start, and then going to Royal Ascot into the Queen Anne, and it'll be a shuttle stallion for God knows how long, you know. So I think. Animo, special horse, wins. As for a, a trizy or a first four, I'd be slotting Fangirl in again. I think she's just yeah, flying. Yeah. Um, she she hasn't stepped a foot wrong. It's just the fact that she's come against Animo. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of the whole winks against uh, Happy Clapper situation almost. It's just like I think a Fangirl, as soon as Animo's out of the picture, will start winning collective group ones. That's just kind of how I see it. And... I have to put her in. Uh, as a smoky, I think Electric Girl can run a hole. I think she will be the the outright leader in this race. I think speed seems moderate. I think Electric Girl will hold the fence. Animo hopefully cuts across its outsider. Electric Girl's been really good the last two runs at Rose Hill. Oh, Rose Hill and then Ranwick. 100%. And I think she's in form. Uh, Joy McNeil, no slouch, great booking. And then as for maybe a fourth, I'd probably throw a couple of numbers at you. But the likes of Artorias, Golden Mile, Communist, strong win in the Guineas, Ossipenko, great win in the Hobartville. So I'm happy to just lock in the the standout and then just pick about four horses there. Yeah. All right. So Animo to take out the George Ryder. All right. Golden Slipper. This is a look at it. It's a really hard race to sort of... I know it's a two-year-old race, but it's a really hard one to get your head around, to be honest. But let's go through it. This is something that we've... Um, Coey sent some notes around, Tommy as well. Uh, little Bros. Little Bros uh, for Lindsay Park and the Hayes boys. Crack and, run, crack and win at Sandown. Good win. Good second. Uh, two starts back with... Uh, in. Who won that? Barber. Uh, it's $11. It was 21 So it's been smacked today. 21 into 11 today. Barber at $19. A couple of bucks in. Nash is riding. Arkansas kid at big odds. You got Don Corleone. Um, there was a lot of chat about this when it ran at Ramwick two starts ago and didn't do too great. I jumped on last start and it just lost. It was held up by heaps and just missed to little bros. Cylinder is going around. This is a horse on at 50s. This would be uh, really good. I'm on twice at 50s. Uh, Red Resistance at 11s. We got Brett Preble there. Shinzo, really good. Last start as well. That's 15 bucks. It was a good win at Rose Hill. Ryan Moore gets the ride as well. King's Gambit is a horse I think is a good chance. Empire of Japan at Big Odds. Learning to fly for Annabelle. That's a 650. Platinum Jubilee. We know the horse. That's 17s. Blanc de Blanc. 
Damien Lane riding, big odds for exploring. Lazago is there. Steel City, uh, really good win last start. Regan rode it an absolute peach. I was a bit iffy on him in that in that race, but uh, can't fault him. Facile may have heard not running, can't remember. Um, militarizes the emergency. So look, besides a cylinder, I wanting that to win. Um, I reckon I'd probably be, I think Little Bros is really good, but I also think the likes of King's Gambit and I think Steel City were both very good. Where did you land, Tommy? Uh, it depends what minute you ask me, mate. I, it's Keep changing. Such a tough yeah. one. Yeah, it's, it's hard not to. I mean, you, you've just gone through it too and um, you made great cases for a few and it's just that sort of slipper. It's really good. Um, nice and open. I went it against Cylinder just at the price because I think yeah. it's, I think it's a much even slipper than we've seen before. So I think um, you might be able to nail something at value. And I think Steel City after last week's run was massive. It should have should have um, been a lot better in the uh, Blue Diamond. It just it just ran into everything and it ended up coming twelfth. It just couldn't get out, and God knows where it would have ended up. So. Friendless, friendless today though, eh? Like eight bucks it opened today. It's out to fifteen. Is that just because of barrier fifteen? Yeah, it was interesting to see Regan at um at Warwick Farm today uh, decline a post race interview because he's he was really feeling the weight loss uh, more because I think he's riding fifty three Zoo style in the Galaxy, um, but yeah, I, I think he I think he's really putting into it and I think he rode it really well. I start, I, I think the gate is just a massive worry. But if it can get if it can cross and red resistance there too, that I'm really keen on. Um, I talked myself out of backing Esther Jab a few years ago because it drew a wide gate and I thought he'd lead and win. And it just from that wide gate, it didn't matter as long as they they can ping and lead and run on really well. Then I think they're right in it. So I'm not going to go against it this time. I'm going to back Steel City for sure. Uh, little Bros, you said there's been a bit of money for it. I was speaking to Gwen Munsey today. And he said, by far, like every time you looked, there was just more, just people backing and backing little bros. So definitely watch out on it. King's Gambit just, it almost has that capitalist feel. They had the favourite for the slipper for a while. It's just gone off the boil a bit. They've gone back to the trials and it's trialled really well. And you could easily see King's Gambit run a really nice slipper. And learning to fly is another one I want to say is like, just never put a foot wrong. Um, only undefeated horse in the slipper, and normally you got a couple in there, and um, you, you just can't fault it. I I was a bit worried about what uh, Justify was going to produce as a stadium, but clearly um, he's he's a really good one, and learning to fly is definitely proof of that. I could go on about a few yeah. others, but um, I think Barbar's a bit over the odds. I was about I to mention Barbar. I was just about to ask you on Barbar. So Barbar's run two starts ago in the Prelude was really good. But then you come Blue Diamond, it was pretty ordinary. Do we just ignore that run? Because we saw what it could do in the Prelude, which was really nice. And I think you're getting 20s for, I don't know, I think it's a pretty good each way for us. Yeah, mate. Um, it also was meant to trial on Monday. And they and decided gets against board it. as well. Yeah, so it's it's interesting there. They've, they said, I know Nassim said the whole way through that Barber's been their main chance. And uh, because of one bad run, it's sort of, dropped off in the slipper, but I, you, you got to think if it's there, they would have had an option with a few runners. They could have probably gone here with a, three different other horses and they've chosen the, uh, the three that they've got. In, and I think Cylinder and Barber are definitely the main two. And you're getting 
almost twenty dollars for Barber, like definitely, definitely leaning towards um, having a little something each way on it as well. Um, why don't you um? Why, before we go, Kelly, why don't you box up five? Yeah, I was just going to touch what you're saying with for sale before. Uh, it has uh, they do inspect all the slipper runners and. It was found to be lame. Um, they'll give it every chance to pass fit uh, bef- and had do another vet on it through the week. And if it passes fit, they'll run. If not, then um, I think the emergency might get a run. But, yeah, yeah. it's interesting to see for seal there. Um, it will be on the page later, but I think the four-eye box, uh, my box weather would be Steel City, Red Resistance, Little Bros and King's Gambit. But... Um, oh, I may have even had Barber, and <laughs> I could be talking to Don Corleone as well. Blunt to Blunt's really fit. Look, okay, it's, it's a hell of a race. It's an absolute hell of a race. I honestly, I think I might have a little something on um, Steel City and just watch it because the more I look into it, the more the more I just want to back them all. So it's um, it's a really good slipper, and I, I'm very keen for Saturday. Coey, take it away. Um, do you just want me top four? I think Tommy's Tom, gone into Tommy's... it, but yeah, who do you, who do you, who have you got on top? I've got Don Corleone on top. Ah, so he was a crack and run last start, I reckon. If that got I like just, opened up, it would have run really well. I think it just maps really well. I think Huey on board, barrier six. I think it could sit a little bit more forward in that middle alley, and there's so much speed in this coming from the outside, so it's going to get cover regardless is kind of how I see it. The likes of Steel City Red Resistance is for seal runs. Uh, it'll be going forward. Uh, Explorers are go forward type. There is so much speed out there um, that'll attempt to cross, and I think the, the cover position is probably where I want to be. And the way that Don closed off in that blue diamond was what I wanted to see, so to speak. Um, no knock on, uh, what was it, Little Bros, uh, who won the Blue Diamond. but And it will get a softer barrier where it'll – I don't know if it will directly want to lead, especially with that onset pressure, but it will be up there as well. And if there's too much pressure up front, I, th- I just see something with easier runs in transit just coming over the top. And Don fits the map for me. Uh, so I've got him on top. At the moment on second, I've got King's Gambit. I think soft draw. I love that the Snowdens took a chance on not running it, uh, just trialing it and then hoping to make the ballot. They made it comfortably in the end. So I love that. Um, that trial, latest trial, was just eye-catching. It was just what I needed to see. And they've been keen. And, then you know, they've won on the likes of Capitalist and so forth in the slipper. So they know what it takes. And, yeah, it just it feels right. They haven't tried it on the 12, uh, six furlongs, so and that's where they're confident that it's going to perform the best. So I've got it on second. Third, I've got Cylinder, your boy. Um, I think that he'll get – well, he's got the ideal uh, James squared combination. Uh, it's been great, this preparation. Two wins. On the trot, uh, it maps well, but I just don't know if it's got the acceleration that it needs to late. I think it will get a nice run in transit, but I just think that something like Don Corleone and King's Gambit, they've just got a little bit more X factor about them. 
and as for fourth, I've got the uh, learning to fly the filly from An- Annabelle Nation. She's been stepping. She's had an enormous preparation, faultless, uh, albeit it, it's been tough. You know, last start against Fasil in the Riesling, um, it had to fight back again, much like its first up run this preparation. Yeah, I, I can't deny her talent. I just don't know if she's quite going to get the W on the weekend. So I've put her in for fourth and something like Blanc de Blanc or as Tommy's already touched on, Steel City. If yep. they drew better, if they drew better, I'd be putting them, I'd be moving them up in the pecking order, but uh, they're the top four for me. Okay, I'm going to try and do five. I'm chucking Barber in, Don Corleone, Red Cylinder, King's Gambit. And Steel City, they're my five. Um, if you, I'm sure a lot of people have been watching Slippers for a very long time and probably have their favourite runs. If you've never watched the 2000 Golden Slipper, do yourself a favour and YouTube Belle de Jour. I have watched it numerous times. I watched it again today. It's one of the most insane wins and a lot of funny stuff happening after about shouting the entire uh, track or bar up. People in the bar, beers forever. So do yourself a favor. I might even play off with it tonight, but um, it's an absolute misses, misses the misses the jump oh, by three, and then on the outside, insane. I can fly flies home. Like yeah. it was, it was special. It's unreal. Uh, also, just had a message from Mark Zara. Mark Zara is going to jump on the podcast soon. We just got to give him a time, and we're going to have a shoot the shit with Mark Zara, which is a good little get. Um, haven't spoken to a, yeah, haven't spoken to a jock for a while. We should probably get back into it. But yeah, Zara will be a good one. Might try and tee that up for next week. Uh, the Galaxy. Uh, unlucky with a couple of scratching for this and horses not uh, getting in, which was uh, lost and running. But Uncommon James is going around as a fave. Damien Lane, who's one of the greats, is aboard for uh, O'Day and Hoisted. So this was a really good win two weeks, two or three weeks ago. I think it was Sandown. Uh, great win. And obviously it's come from Queensland when has been had a couple of runs down south and done really well. So now it is actual straight out favourite. Six bucks into four sixty. Eduardo going around. Um God the bloke is uh he's not getting any younger old Eduardo. Um but look, he's eight bucks. You know, all know what he can do. He's drawn very wide though. Uh in the Congos there at elevens, zoo style, plenty of pace as well. Uh, what do you, Asfura? That's definitely one of mine. Um, I really like this horse and listened to the trainer the other day on uh, SEN and he was super keen for it. So it was a great run, even though it came third, last start behind Uncommon James, but it was a really good run. 750. Remark, uh, I know some of the boys have kind of liked that in the past, but that's on the drift just slightly. Shades of Rose is going around. Um, that's going to be first up for a while. Had some, it went through, I reckon, fuck, five in a row last year. Uh, and then you got even the likes of Andermatt and Cannonball as well there. Good tip last week, Cannonball, Kelly, actually. Good, good one you had. Uh, but, Tommy, what do you reckon? Tough one. No, let's not doubt the champ. Let's go back to Eddie. Uh, this is this is when he wins, when people forget about him. They're, they're giving you $8.50, 1100 Rose Hill. Eddie's special, Nash aboard. There is a bit of speed there, but he'll just sit behind Tommy's run and... Um, Back to the Eddie winner. I think he was, yeah, he just missed, uh, just missed first up, just by the smallest margin I think I've ever seen. But he it did hurt. miss, and Don't um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think we make our money back on Saturday with Eddie. Um, Group One Galaxy. He, he loves the show. You see, he's not getting any younger, but he's, he's still a champion. He can do it with the best of them, and. 
got got some gun sprinters here, but I I still think Eddie's the um the best lot at the moment. I was hearing someone someone well, I won't say who, but they are uh, they work for one of the stables out at Week and they said they were talking to one of the stewards and they said in that photo, um, if Eddie didn't have such a white nose, it was pretty much bang on to a um dead heat, but the white nose just gave him away in that in that photo finish. Um Coey, thoughts? Eduardo, I, lo- I love the guy and it hurt last night. It really did. I was uh, chips in. <laughs> Pretty much made it my so best bet. I. And yeah. uh, I absolutely launched. And oh, the last 50 metres where it was, you know, bob of the heads, oh, it hurts. And just recalling it, thinking about it, makes me a little bit sick. Um, <laughs> and Tommy makes a great case. I think Eddie could bounce back. Second up. You know, everything else in between. It's got a great record at the track. I mean, I can't doubt it. It's a rising 10-year-old, you have to remember. And he's, imagine having a 10-year-old flying like this, made close to $8 million. Like, it doesn't owe you anything really, does he? Um, as for it, uh, yeah, I think Ed, Eddie is a value play for sure. I think eight fifty is ridiculous. Um, I know he's going to be carrying, you know, essentially four and a half kilos more than the rest of the field. But this guy's like the weight for age champion of sprinting. You know, he's up against some of the best in the world. So you can't doubt, doubt his talents. He's been thereabouts pretty much all his career. And Joey Pride does an excellent job with him. So I'm going to have a little specking. That's kind of probably betting with a bit more of my heart than my brain. Uh, but I'll make a case for a couple of the others. Uncommon James, Stephen O'Day and Hoisted, whenever they travel horses outside of Queensland, they are always a warrior. And you can see the early specking. So must respect. And that win down in Sandown was huge. Um, in the Congo's drawn too wide for mine. So I'm going to leave that out. Zustal the same, who are both go forward types. And I guess the small specking that I will make again, back-to-back weeks, will be Cannonball, I guess. Um, yeah. It's going to be carried... Carrying 50 kilos, rock bottom weight. Robbie Dolan won this race last year on Shelby 66, <laughs> if we all recall. And you know what? I, I really liked how he won first up, you know, albeit the drift and people didn't really expect it happening, but I, I, I double dipped. Uh, so I was very pleased and it, it gets barrier one. I think it's returned better horse, stronger horse. You have to remember face the likes of Giga Kick and Buenos Noches last preparation, some of the best, you know, three-year-olds going around. I think that it could string two in a row. Snowden's, Robbie Dolan, Barrier One probably sits behind the leaders, uh, let everything unfold in front of it and then shoot forward. I don't think it has to lead, which is the the ideal scenario for me. So I'll be specking it. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's those two at the odds for me at the moment. Okay, we go to the last, which is the birthday card stakes, and it's actually very, very hard to find the winner here, I think. But Palazapan is been a couple of bucks for it. Huey Bowman and Chris Muntz. Um, it's going to be first up, but it's uh, eight bucks into six dollars. You got Sky Command there for Timmy Clark. We got Zapateo. Zapateo is one of mine. I've been waiting for this uh, horse to have a to run up, run up here in Sydney again. So five bucks. I like uh, Larkspur run, the other good off and runner there. Joel Lay is there. Reese Jones riding at nines. Jump the Broom is also in single figures at nines. You got Written Beauty. Nikki's Fling. Uh, this is a horse that my dad has, I think, a couple of shares in or something small in, but um, that's been well supported. 51's into 23. Uh, 
Catalan's there. Meg, I'm pretty sure that Tommy probably backed it both starts last start when it was at both big odds, which I think were 30s and 40s, if I'm looking right. Um, hypothetical, a couple of bucks for it as well, into 750. But uh, Tommy, who wins the last? Uh, I was showing Kelly the trial of Palatapan today, and uh, I, I thought it was huge. Um, we've seen this horse get to group. Group one placed, a group two winner um, in previous preps, and I think each prep it gets stronger. And uh, one of Muncie's best horses, I think, and um, I like him bringing this Sydney first up. I want to be with Palasipan. and I, I really like it. eight dollars into the six dollars today. There's a bit of money. Um, yeah, watch, go watch that trial. It's um, it's pretty impressive. Um, I think it's nearly the best of my day, especially that six dollars now. Um, Zapateo. Four in the uh, Oakley play, but coming back to um, uh, the birthday card definitely has got to be a chance, but I'll go with Muncie here for plus 10. Very nice trial down the outside then, hard ridden. Uh, Coey, thoughts? Yeah, I can't disagree with the flow of money with yeah, after Tommy showed it to me. I was like, good God, all yeah. the, the front runners were off the bit in the last furlong or two, and Palacaban just cruises up, and you have to remember, it's a Stakes grade place getter, if I recall, last spring. Uh, let me just have a quick gaze. It definitely so ran... Group one place getter the previous one. Yeah, so like it came second in the Tristark. Uh, came second in the... Uh, one in group two as well. Gold pendant and the placed in the Scirocco. It was flying last preparation. So, And it placed in the Tiara uh, during the winter. So the ho- it, it's one, it hands down is one of Muncie's best horses and... I have to respect the fact that he's travelling it down for this run. It being a group three, that's why it's been weighted a little bit heavily, 58 and a half. But I think form speaks for itself. First up record's solid. I'd definitely be keeping an eye on it, even more on the second up run. So the, I think the, the weight of money is pretty accurate there. That potato is super unlucky down south, so I wouldn't rule a pen through it. And where was it? I, I'm not sure what to make of that. That protest jump the broom Joel Lay race. I'm not overly convinced that it was strong enough to be at that group three level. Um, the times weren't anything flash. It was muddling tempo. It was the last race of the day. I think a little bit of disinterest for me. But a win wouldn't surprise from the trio that ran there. And I guess I'll make a small, very, very small case on hypothetical. I think that ran with Kenzo win that it had last start. Albeit it was in a benchmark 78, but it led all the way, start to finish. It was an easy watch for the most part of it. It was a, you know, odds on, not odds on, but like a 270 favourite on that day. So I like winning form and it's a little smoky that could definitely do something about it. Um, last preparation, it was third behind Snapper, who's been running at a, a much higher grade than this. Uh First up, even, it ran against Parasol in a 78. And a small, small bits of information here that I think that could lead to the good track being a big tick for it. Wide draw is a little bit mm, iffy, but I think it will be one of the front runners and it will ping the lids and at the lightweights at 53 kilos, Tyler could steer this one to a victory. But with no confidence, <laughs> I, I am happy to go with the top weight here, Pal- Palacepan. Uh, 
I have been swung. I am in your boat. I was watching that trial just three times while you guys were talking. That's got me pretty excited. Looks really nice. All right, that is Rose Hill. We're going to have one look in Melbourne. This is the Mooney Valley, the All-Star Mile. It's a bit of a shit show in my books. It's a, although it is a $5 million race. Uh, look, a weird way there's been that many swapping and changing of this race. The fact that Sosibon has been uh, accepted into this race now, it was the 19th emergency. That is bizarre. Um that we got down to the 19th emergency to run in a $5 million race. But uh, I'm Thunderstruck is there at six bucks. It's um, It probably owes a lot of punters some money, to be honest. Um, Danny Moore is aboard. Alligator Blood is the 270 favorite. Three bucks into 270. Drawn seven. Gets Blake Shin. Uh, look, I think it's probably a really good thing. Cascadian gets a run. We got Mr. Brightside. Love it to win for the Hayes boys. That'd be really good. Uh, like we said, Sosie Bonnie is there. Laws of Indices is there at 16s. Aegon. Um, Tommy gave that a push the other week. I think it ran really well, to be honest. I think it ended up fourth, but it could have done a, you know, a bit better. A uh, couple of bucks for uh, the inevitable. And then looking at else, anything else, uh, she's a belter. Um, we've mentioned that horse as well before in the past. Willie Pike gets the ride. It's at $12. Even Keats is there. Keats ran enormous last start. I think it finished third, but it led all the way. And for that to be $71.15, I think, is overs. But, um, Tommy, I think we're in, the, or I am in the Alligator Blood camp. I think it's just been very, very impressive, especially since going to Gay Waterhouse and Blake gets the ride. I think it's good. Not that I want to jump at 270, but, um, yeah, I don't know where else to look. Uh, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, mate. Like, uh, definitely 1,400 metres Alligator Blood is uh, one of the best horses in the country. Uh, the mile is a bit, just that touch, um, Makes it a touch trickier. Blake definitely staying there where he probably would have had five group one rides in Sydney. Definitely a big tick for it. Um, been running okay without winning and same with Mr. Brightside. She's a belter I thought was good last start without winning last week in the Coolmore. She gave a bit, bit of a sight. Cascadian at the mile, we know that's her preferred position, so she's going to run a race. I, I think my bet is the each way on the inevitable. Um, yeah, right. It's a it's a seven year old now, and it's it's been beating up Tassie horses for a while. But um, David <laughs> Priest has been riding it really well, and it, honestly, it should have come to town a lot earlier. I think um, at at Manu Valley, it's had a win before as well, and he had that horrific injury where I think the float crashed, and Shelby sixty six. Um, uh, That's right. There and Danny Williams had to stop and pick um pick the inevitable up from a servo and. And get it to te- um, get it to the track, and it was just a crazy um, thing. Uh, we didn't think we were going to see him race again, and he, he's come back and yeah, strung six wins together at, in Tassie. And look, I I think it sets up for something like it to run a really big race. I think five dollars a place is really good, but it is against some pretty pretty good horses. And um, yeah, just just a bit 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 of a query on uh, the top few. Maybe even cascading just a mile, but the, the gate's a bit tricky. But really keen to see the inevitable run well, and I think it'd be a great story if he can do well in this race. And as you said, Aegon's been consistent. I, I like it at a mile, and I, I don't mind the booking of Blake McDougall as well with Michael D riding in Sydney. I think um, he's a very positive rider and can really get the best out of his horse, so it might be an each-way play as well. Where'd you land, Coey? Any thoughts on it? I think the top three in the market are pretty bang on. Um they're all mile weight for age. You know, they're, they're great horses. 
Uh, I do love the fact that Blake Shin did lock himself in early doors to, you know, be. He committed early, just said, Gay, Adrian, I'm staying in Melbourne. I want to ride Adrian, um, Alligator Blood, put me on, and lo and behold, it's happened. And, but saying that, I think 270 is that's sharp, that's, that's real sharp. Yeah, like I, I know it opened three bucks and there's been money pouring for it, but I think, yeah, it's. I'm not saying it's unbackable at that price, but I wouldn't want to take any cent lower. Um, you're looking at um, Thunderstruck and Mr. Brightside, who are more than capable over the mile. And these three, through the spring, competed against each other constantly, you know, all throughout, essentially, at a weight for age level. And all three of them were very consistent in almost sharing victories to a certain degree. So I would n- not take anything away from it. But at the end of the day, I've got to pick one, and I'm going to go Mr. Brightside. Last year's Donny winner, I think, third up, stepping up from the 1,400, which Alligator Blood won last start. I think it looks tip-top. It might have a little bit of the fitness edge and loves the mail, loves the track. It's a lot It's a lot of ticks for me, and I think Luke Curry, Ben and JD Hayes might have another group, um, well, not group one, but another big payday, so to speak. So... I'm happy to back the number four here. All right. Number four, Mr. Brightside. I would love it to win too. Seven bucks would be really good. All right. That is pretty much the main things we're looking at. Uh, you boys got any others, any qualifiers you want to look at anywhere else around Australia? Not really. I haven't really done too much form outside, to be honest. Tommy, you've always got one at Canamble or something. <laughs> Mate, that Goulburn, that Goulburn wild card's actually a... Um... A ball terror of a race. Um, you, you've got some great, great runners there. Uh, one of your favourites, Blow Darts, at fifteen dollars. Back. When uh, is it? Friday. Friday. Yeah, uh, we haven't got Sunday's fields yet. I think they come out tomorrow. So we'll wait on that. But um, yeah, I think it's a cracking race. Um, Jamari's going around. Yeah, Jamari tap and run. You, you got a really good field there. I've been. I think I've been trying actually. Seven dollars fifty. Matt Kelly. Um, Sort got to win a highway last prep, and um, yeah, I think if um, it's horse peaks, so yeah, it, it might be the bet there at seven fifty. And just a quick side note on uh, in terms of qualifiers, there's a one going around at Gosford tomorrow for the provincial midway, and I think or dead at the price is quite nice. There's been a bit of specking for it already, opened at elevens and now come into seven fifty. I think it fresh. Loves the. Uh, I mean, it's a very consistent horse. Seven starts, five wins, and a minor. And if it stays at the soft six, soft five range, I think it's every chance to win. So I'll be taking the the little overs on that. Okay, lovely. All right, we will have a write up for the slipper. We'll go up tomorrow. Uh, Tommy and Coe have done theirs. I will do mine tomorrow. Chris is actually going to chime in with it as well. He's at the NBL. Final with the Kings um, tonight. So we'll get that up on Facebook. If you're not in there, join, uh, jump in. We'll get you involved. And then we'll chuck up some uh, mail for the weekend. Tommy, you're on track. You're at Rose Hill, I assume, sitting in a nice hot truck. For the next four days, it's going to be mid-30s. So it's going to be absolutely cooking. Like we said last week, um, if anyone wants to deliver a nice cold beer or a Coke Zero to Tommy, he will be uh, impartial to it, right? Oh mate, any uh, any time. Um, for now, playing after the last, definitely. Been to see a few people there with a few beers, but um, 
Yeah, I, I just crack a day, love slip a day, and I think Rose Hill will be absolutely chockers. Koha, are you going? Not this Saturday. I'll be uh, lining from the studio for race day, so I won't be there this Saturday, but I will definitely be there Tancred Day, and I think if my roster reads correctly... I think I might be uh, making a visit both day one and day two of the champs. So oh, I think half your t- luck. Tanners, I think we might need to do a little rendezvous. That'd be nice, actually. We'll try and work that out. Um, uh, tipping call? Uh, I don't know. It's been a bit tough, to be honest. Um, if you are keen, get involved, like get back to me within tomorrow. We've only had a handful of people say yes to it uh, that I put up on Instagram yesterday but when i put it up the other week i had about 50 people so at the moment not enough but if you are interested 50 bucks if not if it doesn't work this week we can do it for championship days or tanker day or whatever there is no rush to do it but uh if you're keen i mean it's 50 bucks you get to play with about 500 or a thousand whatever we agree to with play money um and it's something you can follow all day so to be honest there'd be we'd probably pay top two people or something and it's a good sweat. So you'd have all this play money to spend, a big quaddy that you probably wouldn't normally spend if you wanted to do your $500 quaddy instead of anything to try and win the most of the money throughout the day and try and take out leaderboard that way. You could do it. So if you're keen, let me know. Write to me on Instagram and we'll figure it out. So if we're going to do it this worst ca- yeah. Worst case scenario, Tunnels, I reckon we could do one just between ourselves and uh, post everything on the older, the socials and uh, they can keep up to date and see what, Weird shit we get up to. <laughs> yeah, righto, righto. All of it on Lindemann. All right, deal. Oh, fuck, straight up. 500 <laughs> on Lindemann, he says. All right, no worries, boys. Enjoy. Go Manly. Um, I will... I'm going to play off with Belle du Jour. So if you haven't watched it, do yourself a favour. But, boys, best of luck. Cheers, boys. Thank you. the red light. A start is imminent in the year 2000. Amy Golden Slipper. Starter on the stand, presses the button, they're off, and Belle de Jour bungled the start. The rider almost went over ahead, and French Braids and King of Danes bounced out in front, going up very, very quickly. Phoenix Park with Great Crusader misunderstood. Assertive ladders caught out very, very wide as they settled fully into stride, followed at the head of the others, then by Fate Gallant making ground road to success, and then comes Operettas, a length the crown so glory Belle further back and the last. to France. A length further off and trapped right out off the track is Kutamutu about two and a half lengths further away in the field is Veteran followed by Preserve and Continuum racing past the 500 King of Danes the leader from Great Crusader Phoenix Park fourth is Assertive Lad and then Road to Success and further Lasted back in the field is Fate Gallant as they straighten up or Fate Gallant's rider in some trouble and then Kutamutu at the 250 and King of Danes the leader Great Crusader is tackling it strongly a length Assertive Lad and Phoenix Park and then French Braids Continuum and down the About outside, Crown Glory, here she comes. Crown Glory is out after a assertive lad who hit the front. And Belle de Jour, Belle de Jour right through the middle. Freakish win. Belle de Jour Freakish almost win. fell at the start. Gets the golden slipper. Belle de Jour from a photo, Crown Glory and assertive lad. All right, one of the great wins. Uh... Do yourself a favour if you haven't watched it. Uh, look at it on YouTube, Belle Jour 2000 Golden Slipper, and then look at the backstory about it after the race, about what the owners said and did. But, uh, boys, speak to you soon.